Welcome to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green, where you'll discover actionable strategies to help your student to reach their academic goals, to excel at standardized testing, and to plan for the college admissions process painlessly. And now, here's your host, Dr. Stephen Green. This is the Make the Grade podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Green. They call me the success doctor. Why? Why do they call me that? Well, because my mission in life is to help other people be successful. I don't try to define that for you. You can find success on your own terms. It may be financial, maybe personal, maybe athletic, maybe in relationships. I'm not really sure, but it doesn't really matter. The reason I do this is to help guide you, give you actions, give you strategies, give you principles to help you accelerate your journey to success. And today I am very pleased to have a really interesting guest, Paula, Paula Snyder. And uh, Paula is coming us from where? Paula, where do you live? I should know. Raleigh, this. North Carolina at this time. Raleigh, North Carolina, Tobacco Road. Paula, how are you doing? I'm doing great this morning. Paula's How's it very going with you? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm psyched. I'm fired up. It's podcast time. Let me I'm tell the world inspired. a little bit about uh, There you go. Feel it. You got energy is coming through the microphones here. Uh, let me tell people a little bit about Paula, but what her goal here is, and listen, everyone can tap in to a creative genius that they have. I don't care if you're not musical. I don't care if you can't draw. Listen, you want me, you know what I draw? I draw stick figures. And I'm happy with that. I'm never, nobody's going to uh, confuse me with Picasso or Rembrandt for sure. But it doesn't matter. Everybody somewhere has a creative impulse. That's what Paula is going to help bring out today. Paula C. Snyder is a motivational speaker. She believes everyone needs and has a bit of a creative genius. And I agree with her. She's journeyed to recognize, then channel her own version of this creative genius. She now inspires others to ignite and use their hidden creative genius for toppling roadblocks, gaining higher workplace satisfaction, and meeting everyday challenges. Sound good? She's also a musician, for a talented musician, I might add, writer and functional artist. You can explain next. I'm not completely sure what that means, but I think <laughs> I do. She is enjoys diverse adventures from arts, entrepreneurship since she was 15, so it was like 10 years ago, to traditional team-based employment. She's earned recognition from many references along the way. And one summer, get this, it sounds a little dangerous. She hitchhiked all the way across the country, only $50 in her pocket. What motivated you to do that? Wanted some, you wanted some adventure? Or you I were will, unhappy I at home? You you had a big that. fight with your mom? And what, no, that was, that was more of an impulse thing. I was at college mm -hmm. in the summer. I was dating somebody, and we were planning more commitment. And yes, yes. that it often happens suddenly at didn't age, work yeah. out. He mm -hmm. called and Sad. he says, I met somebody. Uh -oh. At least he called you. Well, nowadays they would text message you, but whatever. During, yes, during those days, uh, I thought, okay, well, it's summer. My roommates had just sublet the apartment to other guys, and mm -hmm. I didn't want to stay there, so I could just take off. Perfect I storm. I took $50 out of the bank. I took my guitar and packed everything I could pack in a laundry bag. This is a book for another time. <laughs> laundry bag. Uh, the laundry bag lasted. The kind with the drawstring at the top where you pull the string? This, this, this yeah, the drawstring. Okay. I got gotcha. you. I'm feeling this you. This is from Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, so I Michigan. traveled uh, I-80 
West. But, I'm thinking West. Yes, I went West indeed. Okay. And okay. About, nobody, nobody hitchhikes to New York. I mean, you're you're going to California or someplace well, nice. I, I got to a lot of different places, but not not to not to New York. Okay. My laundry bag failed me around the time I got to Boulder, Colorado, and I did invest fifteen dollars in uh -oh. a army duffel bag, oh, which okay. is where some of my fifty dollars went. Okay. Well, hey. One must do what one must do when they are on the road. But here, let me guess, let me guess. This helped you somehow to formulate your creative genius, right? You're a musician, you're traveling around. I'm, 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 I'm kind of having this visualization like Joan Baez walking down the street of Boston in bare feet, <laughs> looking for the next coffee house to play in kind of thing, which actually is, is not completely uh, made up because that's what she did. But anyway, um, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this, Paula. Hidden creativity, okay? Is it hidden because people are shy or they're reticent about expressing it, or is it hidden because they don't know they have it? And, and sort of part B of that question is how do you, without giving away to store, how do you bring that out of people? Let's well, get right to it. All, yeah, first of all, as I believe that everyone has a little bit of that creativity in them, mm -hmm. I think the roadblock to that is people are always comparing themselves to other people. And they say, oh, that person over there is very talented. I'm nowhere near that, or I can't sing, or I've got a tin ear, or whatever. And they're so busy worrying about how people will think of them or how they will think of themselves that they don't explore and enjoy what's in front of them. The creativity doesn't have to be traditional creativity in the arts. It could be the creativity of problem solving. It could be the creativity that we have when we're cooking or building a house. So it isn't limited to say playing a, a piano or guitar exactly. or painting or um, sculpting or whatever exactly. things that would be considered traditionally fine arts or art, right? Right. So you're defining this as basically any way people can express things where they're making something, creating something, and, and using the energy, some sort of source energy to make that happen. If you think about creative mm, geniuses like in the world, they all yeah. have some similar traits. And one of them is exploring things and a lot of times failing, just being able to jump in mm -hmm, and try mm -hmm. new things. So it's not necessarily the, I mean, there are sciences, there are all, all kinds of different people who are recognized as creative geniuses, but a lot of us have those traits. What, why, why do you think, I, I imagine you've worked with a lot of people where you had to kind of coax us out of them, almost, right? Like, like, you know, it's there, you believe it's there and it probably is for sure. And you have to figure out through your methods or your uh, programming or whatever, how to um, get people to bring this out. But why, let's start with sort of the negative, although I don't like to be negative. Why do you think people suppress this? Do you think it's a fear of rejection? Like people say, oh, that was a stinky song you wrote or your painting's ugly or your, in my case, your stick figure stinks. Um, why do you think people suppress this? Because it sounds like a natural human thing to want to be creative to me. And probably to you because you have it. But why do you think people suppress this? Have you thought about that? Overthinking. <laughs> okay, so they just over. Okay. You know, 
go back to childhood for a little bit. And mm -hmm. when we're children, as long as nobody tells us no, we're going to do all kinds of things and try all kinds of things and play all kinds of games and make up songs. And, and, and as long as nobody's giving us that bad signal that we have in our head, we are very happy. And go then all of a sudden, as we seven grow or eight, up, when you go to school and they say, sit in your seat. Exactly. And, yeah. And we exactly. get institutionalized. And I probably, I think mm -hmm. as a student, when I was younger, I knew myself pretty well. And, you know, I had some challenges. For instance, I've been wearing glasses since I was three years old. Hmm. When I was in fourth grade, I had to give myself eye drops before I went to school every day, their ointment. And I couldn't see a thing when I got to school. <laughs> and I would ask my social studies teachers, can you give me a book to take home so I can read it when I can see? And they gave me a bad grade because I couldn't do it in school. Hmm. So, you know, hmm. Interesting there, there's a lot of ways to, to come at this. And if you think about this, think about what people call disabilities. Mm -hmm. When I was in college, I was in an occupational therapy program, actually, as a student. Even though I loved music and art, I was in the sciences as a vocation. I worked with handicapped children. A lot of them had cerebral palsy. And some of them were nonverbal. Some of them were non-ambulatory. But the fun of it was they could all do stuff. They just figured out different ways to do it. If somebody couldn't support themselves walking and they could get behind their wheelchair, they used their wheelchair as a vehicle to help them walk. They couldn't use their hands, but maybe they had a device that they could grab without using their fingers and bring a sandwich to their mouth. In occupational therapy, the whole the idea is to use what we have available and figure out how to do our activities of daily living. So, now, so I never completed uh, that. <laughs> I didn't complete my, uh, there's a long reason why I never completed my degree in occupational therapy, but I did end up with psychology, hmm. which I use on myself all the time. But the point is you watch this. I grew up with a family where I think my mother was more of a black and white thinker. You ask a question, and this is the only answer there could be. But I thought in shades of gray and all kinds of rainbow colors. And that was very difficult for me to be defined in these black and white terms. My father, on the other hand, would ask me questions and bring out the ability for me to think it through without telling me the answer. And for me, that worked. But that doesn't work for everyone. Everyone's different. I would, let me ask you this. I, I think it's, to me at least, fairly self-evident that creativity can extend into almost anything. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an educator. I have to be creative to get people interested in what I'm trying to convey to them. When I'm teaching a workshop or I'm teaching somebody and they're struggling with it, you got you to gotta show them a way that relates to what they're doing. To me, that's creative on a level. Yep. Where, where do you start? Okay, so you, you have a program. Is there a name of, of your company or what you do? Uh, well, the name of my company is PC Snyder Creative Enterprises because I have a lot of creative services. Okay. But uh, to date, I really haven't provided any specific workshops. I think mm -hmm. most of what I've done in the realm of things aside speaking is one way I, motiv I motivate people. But 
another way, I think I do a lot of mentoring in, through my networking. Okay. And I do what, that what because be... I love people and want so to if, see if, them be. If I had somebody I wanted to refer to you. Yes. I said, Paul, this person is, 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 is a, is a, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a famous artist. Uh, um, I am pay and it just, they, they just can't bring it out of themselves. Right. What, what would be the first thing you would do? Is there a technique that you work through or I don't want to use the word therapy because that would suggest something medical ish, but, but what, what, what is it? Is it a change of mindset? Is it a matter of just people starting really slow and building up almost like how they would overcome a phobia but but how do you how do you get people to recognize this hidden creativity that you believe they have? Well, first of all, I had to pin down what was my thinking process, and I mm -hmm. finally came up with an acronym okay. that reflects that, and it's very simple, and these things can apply to anything. And the acronym is Brave. But basically, you have to start by believing it's possible. So B is believe. Okay. And R. R would be recognizing the things you already do that you nice. like or do well. So B, believe, R, recognize, A. Accelerate your confidence Ooh. by practice. Nice. V. And that would be viewing or visualizing things from different angles. This is good. I like this. And E. Embracing the possibilities. I'm thinking like a cheer. Give me a B. Give me an R. That's right. So but belief, recognize. Any one of those words, you can apply that to anything in life. Yes, you anything, can. Any day you're having. Hmm. What uh, can you can you give me kind of a, a case study like a before after or something? Maybe somebody you've mentored or worked with or spoke to and what their challenges was or were are and maybe how this helped them. Well, it's funny that you ask about that because at this point I've de I, I developed the idea and I've been talking about the idea, but I haven't been practicing that as much. And this is where I want to go with mm -hmm. what I'm doing. I've been doing it for myself all these years. Of course, I am a, my daughter. I would say maybe my daughter's a case study, but we didn't work together as a mother. I guided her with the same mm -hmm. principles. And as a parent, let's go there because you're talking about Constantly. perhaps parents and students. As a yes. parent, sometimes you think, you know, my kid wants to do this. This is totally unreasonable or totally out of the picture or for whatever reason, whether it's money or, or whether it's, you know, you don't think they're capable. I will say that my daughter, when we moved to North Carolina, she was little and mm -hmm. she was in fourth grade. And her teacher said to her, she was in an she was in a an advanced class studies when we were in Michigan. But when we got here in North Carolina, and she was very good at English, her teacher said to her, "I don't think you can be in this high level of English. I don't think you're going to succeed." You don't say that to a kid. You don't say, right off the bat. That was what she said. You so said she's about ten, fourth grader. She's about 10. nine. She was nine. She was nine. Okay, right. And I and okay. I asked my daughter. I said, "Well." I, I was horrified that the teacher said that and I had to talk with the teacher, but mm -hmm. I asked my daughter, what would you like to do about that? Do you want to go to the lower level or do you want to show her what you can do? 
Mm -hmm. And my daughter agreed to show her. That was her choice. And by the end of the term, they were very good friends. But she certainly had to do that <laughs> because as parents and as teachers, we need to encourage children to become whoever they can be and whoever they want to be. And as the years went on and my daughter had all these ideas about helping to change the world and all these different things. And I'm thinking, how is she going to pull this off? I thought it. And I said to myself, who am I to think she could or couldn't? So I empowered her and I guided her with whatever tools I had. And I put her into places that would interest her as she's showing me the interest. I was watching her lead me to where she wanted to go instead of leading her to where I think she should be. And she has because she's it's her birthday today. Oh, happy <laughs> birthday, has, Paula's she daughter! Become, she has become uh, quite the leader, and uh, this I, I don't want to get involved with her business because, uh, but she is a nonprofit leader in our area. Very nice. Hey, and this she is, is changing the world. So, hey, this is Steve Green. My guest is Paula C. Snyder. Paula is a expert, motivational speaker, all kinds of other things, believing in creative, our hidden creative genius. This is the Make the Great Podcast. We are here to try to give you actions and strategies to accelerate your journey to success, tapping into your creativity. Have you thought about that? I know we're always talking about structure and we're talking about accountability and we're talking about time management and we're talking about getting support and all these really fun, sexy operational topics. But creativity is in the root of a lot of these things as well. Paul, let me try this. I'm gonna throw something out. You tell me if being creative could help it, okay? Okay. And if and how, if you want. Number one. Yes, you go ahead. And I was gonna also say, I wanna also offer, oh, go ahead. Uh, after this, I would like mm -hmm. to offer the creativity component in being an entrepreneur. Ah. All right, well, here we go. I'm going to throw out a topic. You tell me if, yes, how creativity could help it or okay. enhance it. Right. Entrepreneurship. Let's start well, with that. There, there you go. I was, I guess I was ahead of you. Yes, yeah, so we call that queuing it up in the podcast. Go ahead. <laughs> Can well, creativity help entrepreneurship? Yes or no? Certainly, certainly entrepreneurship. First of all, if we're in some kind of business, we had some kind of vision to start with. So, we so believe we assume, that we yes. have some kind of product or There's service. There's a problem we are trying to solve exactly. as entrepreneurs. Exactly. exactly. And we found a better mousetrap how to do it. Or we had something we just liked doing and people kept telling us, oh, you ought to go into business. Mm -hmm, I've had both of that. those things happen to me. Hmm. So you have these things going on and how do you get yourself out there how do you differentiate yourself from somebody else and that takes creativity too it's not always about the presentation it's not necessarily about your website which niche are you in that's going to make people call on you over somebody else what do you do better you have to have the creative mindset to put that forward because so you got the creativity at the inception level of your problem, of your solution. And you got to be creative to get it out there in a exactly. marketing sense. Exactly. You have to understand your niche. Mm -hmm. 
All right, here's another I started one. out as a wedding singer, kind of. Really? And that like was because movie, like, somebody uh, put me into like, business. Uh, the movie, The Wedding Singer, could have been after, made after <laughs> no. you. Actually, actually, no, <laughs> let me go back. My first entrepreneurship was when I was 15. 15. I won a Gold Key Award on an enameling project I did in my art class. Now, hmm. I was the first one. I was bored with what everyone else was doing. So I went to my teacher and I said to her, could I try something else? And she pulled some cloisonne wire out of her drawer. And she says, I have never used this, but you can try it. So I created a cloisonne enameled dish on copper. Mm -hmm. And I may have won the award because I was probably the only kid in that category that, <laughs> that tried that. But the point is that I was so confident. I asked my dad if I could buy a kiln and he oh. said, yes. So we set up every a child should have a kiln. Right, okay. right. We set up a kiln and I really? proceeded to make enameled dishes that were color coordinated for my family's friends and relatives. And I sold them and I reinvested the money and supplies. So I thought of my niche and I asked, I had the guts to ask, but that's a different thing. That's a confidence level. Wow. So entrepreneurship creativity check yes yeah confidence building that's the same thing we have mm -hmm. to think about the things that we are already good at and those things that make us feel good mm -hmm. once we do that if we can allow ourselves to try something new we can apply that little bit of confidence to our first trial and as we get a little practice and get more comfortable and we start saying, yes, I can do this too. There's your confidence building and accelerating. Great. Just marketing. We talked about marketing a little bit, mm -hmm. but, but it would seem to me just inherently marketing needs to be creative just to stand out. Yes. I mean, sometimes I, I, I was watching some commercial on television the other day and it was this classic thing where it was 95% of the way through the commercial. I didn't even know what the commercial was for. I think that's sort of a style of marketing now. It's like, well, let's just have this almost like storyline. And you're like, what the heck is this all about? And then at the very end, they, there's this big reveal like, oh, this is about, I don't know, whatever, whatever the product was. And frankly, by that time, I had sort of lost interest, but I don't really like advertising anyway, but that way. But um, do, do you, let me, let me change the topic slightly. It is creativity uh, like a muscle in the sense that the more you use it and exercise it, the stronger and the more powerful it gets. I, I believe so. I mean, certainly it's, it's worked for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the realm of marketing, it's not always a visual thing. We have to understand how to market ourselves. Yes, we do. We have to, we are marketing when we walk out the door, when we say hello to somebody. It's not always talking about our business. It's developing a character and a relationship with other people. And I got to tell you that I started all this before the internet, before I could afford TV ads or print ads, before telephones were cell phones. You know, you had to be able to go ask someone for business. And they would basically say, why should I yes. hire you? Yes, to me. And, and it, yeah. why is it worth it to me? Right? I mean, that's exactly. essential. It's still happening. But, but it's it was, not only it, that. It's the yes. creative process that you use 
mm-hmm. to understand the questions you need to ask. Yeah, you have I, to understand yeah, who I, you're talking to. And I think that's, I wouldn't say it's a lost ability, but I think it's been diluted because of the accessibility of people through the internet and like the yep. LinkedIn kind of functionalities of the world, which is, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's allowed easier access to things. Sometimes people take for granted things that necessarily happen. Paul, how do people get a hold of you? If somebody wants to reach you and they want to, they want to engage with you or hire you or something, how would they reach you? They certainly can come through my website, which it's policysnyder.com. Uh, you could do policy. I've got eight web domains, actually. Eight? Whoa, 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 uh, eight. whoa. Okay. <laughs> my company. Go ahead. See if, can you list all eight in, in 42 <clears throat> no, seconds? No, I can, I can give you my title, which is PC <laughs> was- Snyder. CreativeOffices.com. PC Snyder Creative Offices.com. Okay. So you are a musician. Yes. A writer. Yes. A potist. What do you call somebody who makes pottery? No, I'm an I'm a functional artist. Is functional. Okay. Functional Functional artist. And and what do you you call a person that makes pottery? There must be a word for it. They they could be potter. They could be a functional. Well, yes. A functional artist is a broad term. And, and the reason I use that is because I don't like drawing and painting just to look at. I like to create things that people can use. Hmm. So you instance, could tell yourself, how about this? How, let, me, let me give you a little phraseology here. A utilitarian artist. It's, it's about the same thing. I like, I like that. It sounds, it sounds cooler somehow to me than functional. All right. Well, I'll um, Somebody told me in my incredible research I do before I have a guest on this podcast, that you make earrings out of guitar picks. I do. That's functional art. It is. <laughs> it you're is. not wearing them right now. I am not wearing them right now because someone told me when I speak online or when I speak in person, if I'm wearing something that dangles, it is distracting hmm. from people watching. You don't want them watching the earrings. You want them watching and listening to you talk. So I was told that a while ago, and I have learned to go back to my body. Well, here's the earrings. thing. If you want to sell <laughs> earrings, you should wear them while you're talking. If you're, that hey, is true. I'm a that little, is, Paul, i got to be honest with you, I'm a little distracted by your earrings. Where did yeah. you get them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, would you believe perform- I made them myself? When I'm performing music, I do wear them, and I wear other dangling. So how'd you, how'd you get the idea other- for these earrings? So you, you, make- you play the guitar, right? And most right. people play guitar right. with ticks. So you so, drill a little hole in them and you I, make your get wire. I drill and... one or more holes in them. I okay. embellish them with beads. Oh. Sometimes they're hanging from beads. Sometimes there are beads hanging from them. Is so every friends, pair different, or they you have yeah, styles? Yeah, every pair is. Well, I might make some similar pairs. Like if someone likes a specific design, I might repeat it. Hmm. Uh, and it also depends on what picks I'm able to obtain at any given time. Hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll listen. I don't want to. Commit so I have a, a if variety, I had pierced like, ears, I'd, I'd wear one of your earrings. Right. Well, I, I do actually. <laughs> what do you call when you I, have I the screw on have, ones? I don't have pierced ears. You I've don't. never pierced my ears. Nope. You got the kind where it like clamps on. Yeah, that's right. And and I can actually really? create them for, for, for non-pierced oh, as well. They, well I, maybe that's, what do you call them? Clip-ons? I, I don't know. Yeah. Yes, huh. they are. They're called clip-ons. And the, my, my earring line is called Pick Pretties. But to give you another example of that kind of art, uh, Mm -hmm. I was working in the automotive field as an outside salesperson for a while when I needed a job. (laughs) Uh, When I was raising my daughter and and I got out of the music business for a little while, I created a chess set from diesel lifters. The board was made of plexiglass with candy wrappers. 
and the diesel lifters resemble the, the pieces of a chess set. So the rook was whatever, some right. kind of exactly. piece, and the yeah. knight yeah. was something else. I had oh, to, wow. I had to, I had to update that a little bit with some hardware. Most of what I had was free because I was in the automotive business, stopping in on different shops, and they were getting rid of pieces that they'd used or whatever and i cleaned them up and i and i created hmm. painted them and so you are definitely making lemonade out of lemons there yeah but you do that but you can do that in any sense of life if you really have to i mean look i've had three neck surgeries and i'm still singing and you know what if something happened that i couldn't do that i'd be writing i'd be doing something so they're going to pull the microphone or the pen or whatever out of your hand when you're, uh, you know, you're knocking on heaven's door up there. Hey, um, Paula, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. We're not exactly done yet. But we're going to come in to wrap this up in a second. Can you just give the listeners uh, like a, just a, a summary of exactly what you can offer them and then how, again, how they could reach you if they want to engage with you? Sure. Thank you. I would love to be available for presentations, whether virtual or in person, about igniting your hidden creative genius and about staying inspired in your life, which is a book I'm working on. I would be glad to consider individual workshops or you know, one-on-one -on -one mentoring. And I'm open as long as you have a valid request. I'm certainly open to having a conversation. So if you go to my website, you can click the book me uh, tab or this is, a link. This is pcsnydercreativeoffices.com. That's correct. Which will be in the show notes, of course. If you just click and fill out the form and tell me, you know, how you heard about us and mm -hmm. what you have in mind. If I can't offer something from myself, I'm glad to offer suggestions and try to connect you with people who can. Excellent. So my guest, Paula C. Snyder from North Carolina. And uh, a lot to offer here. I think personally, if you think my opinion matters at all, I think she's on to something. Because I think everybody does have a creativity. We're not all artists. We're not all going to be Leonardo da Vinci or whoever. But we all have an ability to express ourselves in a way that could be defined as creative. And, and I got to tell you, it, sometimes, you know, a lot of people know I play the guitar. And sometimes, it, and I, I like to do things, I like to garden, but you get in this kind of zone with it. It's almost like it becomes you're out of time in a way. Not quite out of body, but it gets pretty deep. Hey, Paula. Let's, let's let the audience learn a little bit about you, okay? I'm going to play everybody's favorite Make the Rated Podcast game. Yeah. Yep, yep, for this. It's called the Fave Five. It's fun. Don't worry. It's good. I'm going to say something. You tell me your favorite thing in this category. I'm going to start with an easy one, okay? Paula C. Snyder, what is your favorite color? Hmm. By the way, she's wearing a beautiful one, teal. She's wearing like a teal kind of... Bold, Bold, strong, bright, uh, warm, and cold, cool colors. Can you name one? Anything bright. Okay, so bright and pink, bold. Probably and hot pink. Hot pink. Daniel, yeah. I got to tell you right now, 
I've had 198 guests. Nobody said hot pink yet. So, ka-ching. All right. Favorite kind of food or dessert? Food and dessert. Well, you, you can have potatoes here if you want. Potatoes. Potatoes. Every day Nobody said of potatoes. My life, I, I you would, are two I, for two. I could two. eat a potato every day and chocolate. Baked, fried, uh, mashed. Chocolate. What do you? What no. do you? Baked, baked with sour cream. And chocolate. 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 chocolate has been said before. I don't think that's a dark chocolate, light chocolate, Belgian chocolate, these Swiss days, chocolate. These, yeah, these days more dark chocolate. I, I've gotten away from the sweetness, and, and so it's hard to go back to the sweetness. It's supposed to have chocolate. a lot of antioxidants. It's supposed to be very healthy for you. Yeah, that's what they say. Favorite place <laughs> to... Too much. Yeah, well, let me know later. Favorite place to vacation or you've been on vacation, favorite place you vacationed. <laughs> that I, there are places that I probably haven't been that might become my favorite. Well, that, that's so coming I'm up. Still I'm going to give you a little spoiler. If alert. I get a chance, if I get a chance. Okay. This one may be toughy for you, but I'm going to ask anyway, favorite kind of music. Yeah, that is tough uh, because I do all genres as a musician. Yeah, you seem and like, I you seem like write... you'd be very eclectic in your taste. What kind of music do you write? Let's talk about that. Yeah, uh, jazzy, bluesy, more. I am on the internet, so if you look up Paula mm -hmm. C. Snyder, you can, oh, can find your my music. original maybe, yeah, music. Maybe I can find one while we're on the podcast yeah. here. Uh, Never Too Late is my theme song, probably, because I recorded that. I'm going to give away my age a little bit. When I was 55, mm -hmm. <laughs> when I was 55, I recorded that song, Never Too Late, uh, by Never Paula late. C. Snyder. Okay. You're at, I don't know what your favorite streaming is, but you should be able to find it. Uh, I'm going to try to find, you can find it on YouTube, probably. <clears throat> Let's see if we can hear this. Hang on. No, that's not Never Too Late. <laughs> is that you playing the violin, too? No, I had someone else do that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. There you go. So that was a song from my mother, uh, and that is not. Well, you wrote. Did, you wrote that song. Yeah, yeah, okay. and I recorded it. I mean, that was I, obviously yes, yes, yeah. Nice. But what I was saying about Never Too Late is that as an inspiration, because mm -hmm. at. I had been writing music since 1971 when I hitchhiked across country and I am still writing music. In fact, I'm in the studio working on about 10 new songs that should be released this year as very, well. Very prolific. So I do jazz and blues probably primarily, but I, depending on the lyrics, it could be any genre. And one of my favorite jazzy songs is called Hazy Half Moon a song that I wrote while I was driving in New York in the back seat. I was in the back seat of a luxury car and the jazz was on the radio and there was a hazy moon out in the sky and it was October and it was cold and it was kind you, of a fun You felt the muse. You felt the artistic muse. Yeah. And you... My husband oh. said, why do I have a piece of paper in the car? I said, I'm just thinking of something. I had to write okay. it down. <laughs> Hey, what's on your bucket list? You got one, I'll give you two. You want one or two things you got to do before you, you get know, the big call. I I don't want I don't want to say a bucket list. Okay. I'm going to keep doing whatever I want to do until I am called and 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 there's you know, I'm very satisfied with my life. So 
you know, if I become famous before I die, that would be nice. But, you know, I don't really have a bucket list. I have the satisfaction of doing, living life on my terms. Let's put it that way. That's a good one. Okay. So you've got kind of a freedom. Exactly. Kind of a freedom that way. It's like uh, me and Bobby McGee. Like, you know, that, actually, that was released in 1971. Can you believe Freedom is another word. <laughs> nothing left to do. I know. I got you. Hey, um, okay, here we go. Saturday night, we're going to Daily Savings Time. You love, love it, hate it. How do you feel about Daily Savings Time? Or don't well, care? The spring Daylight Savings Time is a lot worse than the fall. Yeah, spring ahead. You lose that hour because of sleep. these days, I do like to sleep in a little longer, right, and nice. I don't want to lose so can we go on record you are not a fan of daily saving time in the spring we're going to guess in the fall when you get an extra hour of sleep you're okay with it i love it (laughs) last one last one this is the toughest question of all you ready sure what's your favorite podcast well make the grade oh there we go of course (laughs) policy snyder i want to thank you for coming on the podcast people Audience, members, listeners, thank you for sharing this time with us. Please reach out to Paul, paulcsnyder.com, pcsnydercreativeoffices.com, and um, you know, get, get to know Paul. She's got some really interesting things to offer. Uh, we've got a lot of guests coming up. We've got a lot of the new things coming around. It's expanding. This is really getting kind of interesting what's going on here. If you like what you heard, please share this. That is all I really ask. There's no, no other ask here. If you know other people that would benefit from this information, please share the information with others and let them get a hold of it. Please leave comments too. All right. This is Steve Thank Green. Thank you for having me. Podcast. Paul, I was going to say, you got anything you want to say in closing? As yeah, I, I really appreciate the, the opportunity to, to share that creativity and, and to hopefully inspire some people to believe that they can. Beautiful. Uh, We will see you next time. You've been listening to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. For more resources and support, please visit makethegrade.net.